welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Houston, we have a problem. Probably the most famous words ever uttered in the history of space travel. One single sentence, five small words, but they signal what could have been the greatest disaster in the history of NASA. Clock start, right? Okay, battle has it look. Looks good here, flight. Good agreement. You see, it was April the 13th, 1970. Astronauts Jim Lovell, John Swaggart, and Fred Hayes, well, they were in the lunar module Apollo 13. This is the crew of Apollo 13. We should everybody there. Uh, nice evening, and uh, we're just about ready to close out our inspection of Aquarius and get back for a pleasant evening at Odyssey. They were 200,000 miles from Earth, five-sixths of the way to the moon, 55 hours into their flight when disaster struck. A mysterious explosion rocked the ship and left it less than two hours from becoming, what, a permanent tomb in space. The crew watched in horror as the cockpit grew darker, the air grew thinner, and instruments went blank. Then, the captain, Jim Lovell, got on the radio and uttered those famous words. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Yet, these words marked what would become in the annals of American space travel their finest hour. If you think about it, life is kind of like Apollo 13. You're cruising along in that cozy little spaceship of your life, enjoying the scenery, except you're not looking at the moon and the stars and the galaxies, but you know, you're watching your, your boy play t-ball, your beautiful wife napping on the couch. You're out enjoying a great game of golf when all of a sudden, there's an explosion in your life. Your spouse walks in and says, Houston, we have a problem. I don't love you anymore. Or the, the principal from your kid's school calls and says, Houston, we have a problem. Your son is on drugs. Or the doctor looks you in the eyes and says, Houston, we have a problem. There's something on that x-ray that just doesn't look good. All of a sudden, the walls of your life can crumble right before your very eyes. I'd like on today's program to go to the book of Nehemiah, make it the focus of our study today. Why? Well, because whether you're a corporate executive, a school teacher, an office manager, a consultant, a systems analyst, or just a stay-at-home mom, there's a lot we can learn from Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an expert wall rebuilder, probably the best one in all of the Bible. And many years before his book was written, Jerusalem had been destroyed. The Jews had been deported to Babylon, and later they were allowed to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. For some 90 years, Jerusalem itself had sat in ruins. The city walls had been destroyed. 
the gates had been burned, and the people, well, they were totally demoralized. And everyone is running around saying, Houston, we have a problem. But no one was saying, I've got the solution. That is until Nehemiah steps in. In his book, it's his personal spiritual journal. It's a first-hand account of a wall builder on how to rebuild broken down walls. Do you have any walls broken down in your life? You see, maybe the walls of your marriage are broken down. Maybe the walls of your family are broken down. See, Nehemiah is the expert in rebuilding broken down walls. Rebuilding, well, that can be many times more difficult than building from scratch. After all, I hear more and more people saying today that it's easier to walk away from a broken marriage than it is to stay and, and try to rebuild it. In the very first chapter of his book, Nehemiah lays the foundation of how to begin to rebuild broken down walls. He begins the process that will help us not only on how to face problems and fight obstacles, but how to find solutions to those problems. So I want to share with you four steps, you know, beginning, you know, brick by brick as to how to rebuild broken walls. And step number one, see the reality of the situation. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter one. Beginning at verse 1, there we read, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in Susa, the palace in Hanani, one of my relatives and some men of Judah arrived. So I asked them concerning the returning Jews who had been in captivity and concerning Jerusalem. They said to me, the remnant that returned from captivity is there in the province, enduring great affliction and reproach. Also, the wall of Jerusalem remains broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. You know, someone has said, understanding the problem is half the solution. And immediately here we see the problem. The city walls have been broken down. The gates are in disrepair. You see, before you can ever solve a problem, you've got to understand the problem. You've got to honestly look and see the reality of the situation. So one of the first lessons we learned from Nehemiah is you can't solve a problem that you run away from. You can't get the right answers until you ask the right questions of the right people. What do we mean? Meaning people who will just be straight shooters with you. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did with his brother because he wanted to see the reality of the situation. Number two, share the responsibility for the situation. Nehemiah, we're going to continue now in verse four. We read, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. Then I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. 
and said, I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I now pray before you day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not obeyed the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which you commanded your servant Moses. Now, do you notice something there? You notice how Nehemiah used the pronoun we rather than they. So you will never solve a problem if all you do is try to find the blame and fix that blame on someone else. Now, Nehemiah could have easily said, hey, this is not my problem. Let them deal with it. I've got nothing to do with this. I've never even seen Jerusalem. I have no idea who these people even are. Let me ask you, have you ever taken heat over something that you had nothing to do with? You see, if you're going to rebuild walls, you got to be willing to sit where other people sit and walk where other people walk and feel what other people feel. You see, you can look at society of one of two ways. You can stand on the sideline and say, things really ought to be different. Or you can get into the game and say, how can I help make a difference? See, we need to share the responsibility for the situation. You know, there are some of you watching today who have a problem that can be solved, but it will not be solved until you admit that you are part of the problem and be willing to take responsibility for it. Point number three, seek the ruler over the situation. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, it says... When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. Then I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When Nehemiah heard about the conditions of Jerusalem, it says the first thing he did was pray. At that point, there was nothing he could do but pray. If you don't learn anything else from this program, learn this. Whenever you face walls that are falling down in your life, or in the life of your family, or in your job, or with your friends, the first place to go is to God. When you go to God's Word, and you fast, and you pray, and you seek God's face, God will give you the solution to the problem. Listen to Nehemiah's prayer. It, it's one of the greatest prayers in all of the Old Testament, beginning at verse 8. Please remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you behave unfaithfully, 
then I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you are outcasts, you are under the farthest parts of heaven, I will gather them from there and bring them back to the place where I have chosen to establish my name. You see, Nehemiah reminds God of a promise that he had made earlier to the people who were facing these broken down walls. He then, he then speaks of God's relationship with the people in verse 10. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. You see, what he's saying is this, God, do you remember how you redeemed your people? They were there in bondage in Egypt, and you, you delivered them from that bondage into freedom. Guess what? The same people you redeemed yesterday are the people you must rescue today. You see, to me, the reason why Nehemiah recited God's promise back to him was not to remind God, because God never forgets anything. I believe he did it to remind himself of what God had said and to remind himself that God does what God says he will do. So once you see the reality of the situation, once you're willing to share responsibility for the situation, the first thing you had better do is admit that you can't do anything about the situation apart from God. And you'd better seek out the ruler over the situation. The things that you're praying for are the things you are depending on God to do. Every broken down wall that will ever come into your life is God's way of forcing us to focus on him. Point number four, stand as a resource in the situation. Nehemiah chapter one, verse 11. There it says, O Lord, I implore you, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to revere your name. And let your servant prosper this day. Grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Now, there's a surprising twist to the story. You see, Nehemiah waits to the very last minute to tell us that he was the king's cupbearer. In ancient days, a king would take the person that he trusted more than anyone else in the kingdom to be the cupbearer. It was the cupbearer's job to taste the wine before the king would drink it and eat the food before the king would eat it to make sure, well, it wasn't poisoned. In other words, Nehemiah was a man of unbelievable influence and power. He was probably the most trusted advisor to the king, the second most powerful man in the kingdom. 
He didn't know a thing about rebuilding walls. He wasn't a contractor. He wasn't a builder. But he was the right man in the right place at the right time for the right job. You know, when God wants to accomplish a work, he always prepares his workers and he puts them in the right place at the right time. That's why Nehemiah said in his prayer, let your servant prosper this day. Nehemiah didn't pray, God, send a miracle. He said, God, send me. He didn't pray for a miracle. He prayed for an opportunity. Nehemiah didn't pray for God to rebuild the wall. He prayed for an opportunity to rebuild it himself. That's the difference between dreamers and leaders. Dreamers dream about things being different. But leaders, they determine that they will make a difference. Now, I also want to give you a warning. Answered prayer and rebuilt walls always come with a cost. Nehemiah, he was going to have to give up that corner office, that corporate card, that company chariot. And he was going to have to go to a city he had never seen, to a people he did not know, take a two-month trip across the desert filled with danger and lay his life on the line. There is a cost to be born and a price to be paid in rebuilding walls. But it was because he was willing to pay that price and willing to carry that cost that in 52 days those walls were rebuilt, the gates were restored, and the people were now rejoicing. I believe there are times in every person's life where we will have what I call a Nehemiah moment. It's that moment when you come to a fork in the road. You know, one fork leads to comfort and the other one leads to sacrifice. It's that moment when you have to decide whether you're going to serve yourself or you're going to serve God. That moment when you've got to decide whether you're going to lay up treasures on earth or treasures in heaven. We've got to make up your mind whether you care more about your comfort or care more about his kingdom. You see, the greatest ability that Nehemiah had was availability. There are no problems that people can't solve, but there are people unwilling to solve them. In your everyday life, your home, your job, your marriage, where you work, where you live, where you play, where you go to school, you have an opportunity to get involved in the lives of others and help rebuild walls. They say if you go to Washington, D.C., on the far shore of the Potomac River, on some sloping hills, is the most famous cemetery in the world, Arlington 
National Cemetery. Row upon row of crosses and stars of David line those hills with people who are willing to pay a price for freedom. Under one of those markers lies the remains of a young man, Martin Trepto. He left a prosperous job and a wonderful life to go to France in 1917, to the Western Front in World War I. Martin was killed trying to carry a message between battalions that were under heavy artillery fire. On his body, they found a diary. On the flyleaf was the heading, My Pledge. And underneath that heading, he had written these words, America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure, I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. That's a Nehemiah spirit. This is a Nehemiah moment. Roll up your sleeves. Rebuild the walls around you. Remember, we serve a God who not only can do anything, but sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross that He might tear down a wall of sin that separates us from Him and build a bridge so we can have a relationship with Him forever. Let's pray. Gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the guidance found in the book of Nehemiah, a strategy to help those looking to rebuild the walls that have crumbled all around them. Father, I pray you give us the strength and the courage to do that which is necessary to put back the pieces of our broken lives. Continue to bless us and be with each and every viewer. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our special offer. Those of you that watch us for a while know that on each program, we'd like to give you a resource just to help you better understand God's will for your life. And uh, what I have here for you today is a special edition of the Signs of the Times magazine entitled, When Life is Unfair. There's some great articles in here, including The God Who Hurts When We Hurt Can Heal Our Hearts. Uh, we'd love to send you this uh, magazine as a gift from Lessons for Living Television, free of charge, no obligation whatsoever on your part. If you're interested in receiving this and requesting it, Pay close attention to the information you're about to hear. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, 
Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 083. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 083. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Uh, let me thank you for tuning in and let me tell you how much we appreciate this opportunity of being with you each and every week. And let me ask you to do us a favor, if you would, if I could be so bold. Um, let your friends and family know about the program. And one of the great ways of sharing the program is through our website, l4ltv.com. On the website, you have all of the previous programs from every season past. You have uh, live appearances, and so we keep that up to date so you can know where I will be appearing live if you ever want to come out to one of the live events. We have uh, some other messages and Bible studies there that you can watch and you can download a lesson study. Uh, a great way just to better understand the Bible. And then we also have a Donate Today tab where you can make a donation to the ministry knowing that each and every dollar that is donated to Lessons for Living stays in the ministry and is used to, to pay for studio time and air time and the gifts. And not a penny of that comes to me in terms of salary or any kind of compensation to me. Now, for those of you that are interested in overseas humanitarian work, then check out our missionnowcanada.com website, which uh, showcases the work that we do once or twice a year uh, overseas, South America, Asia, different places. If you ever thought about joining a mission trip, well, why not consider coming on one with us? And you can uh, then just sign up on that website and you'll be on our newsletter list and you'll be up to speed and be notified of any of the upcoming trips. Uh, every day on Instagram, I put out a one-minute devotional video, so follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Remember our Facebook page. All of the programs are listed on the Facebook page, and you can just share right from that Facebook page to all of your friends on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Twitter and all of our programs are available on our YouTube channel, Lessons for Living YouTube channel. And so plenty of ways that you can stay connected to the program, plenty of ways that you can get friends and family connected to the program. And so just before we go, sometimes we, um, we get greater demand than we have stock for uh, the, the books or the magazines we offer. And so sadly, sometimes some folks get lost in the shuffle. If, you are still waiting on a particular item that was presented on the program and it still hasn't come, just email me directly at bill at l4ltv.com and we'll do everything we can 
uh, to get that material to you. Some material has been discontinued. Well, they're telling me we're all out of time. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope we have the opportunity to do this again real soon. Until then, God bless you. We'll see you back here again.